Welcome to Adventures from the Bedrooms of African Women, the podcast where we talk all things sex, sexuality, and pleasure. I'm none other than your girl, Nanada Kwansichiyama. And I'm your girl, Malika Grant. And as you know, mm-hmm. we have been BFFFL since we were teenagers. And for those who don't know, BFFFL stands for Best Friend for Frickin' Life. <laughs> A little bit of shade in there. <laughs> I mean, people will soon find out why. <laughs> and at the same time, yes, I believe in big love and there's love to go around. But some people be trying to like step over the line. Over their boundaries. Like seriously, just because I have been allowing people to love on you, they want to try and replace me <laughs> as your bestie <laughs> but you it's okay i mean for this episode we have somebody special we thought we want to have a couple of episodes where you know it's us chatting to our girlfriends about everything under the sun right the kind of conversation you have over a glass of wine and so you invited one of your friends lydia forson who thinks she's your best friend <laughs> Hey, Lydia. She could never replace you. Hey, Lydia. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and people will, lots of people will know Lydia. Lydia Forsen is an incredible actress. She's a hot, sexy woman. She is. She's an activist. She speaks up and out about all of the issues we need people to speak out on. She's an entrepreneur. She makes this fantastic hair cream. Y'all check out Kinky Matters. Yes, I am shouting out and plugging my bestie. Not BFFL. Okay, good. One of my besties. And she's got over 700,000 followers on Twitter. Hey! Mm, nearly 3 million on Instagram. Whoa. And as a married mother, I sometimes live vicariously through her and her glamorous life. And so I started off by asking her, what's the best thing about being single? The immediate answer that came into my mind was freedom. Hmm. I think being single means I get to pack my bag and travel wherever I want to go. Being single means when I'm making decisions, I, you know, make it for myself. I don't think we even realize how much our lives change when we bring another person in it. Funny story, you know, I like to post um, random things on my WhatsApp status. And I realize that when I'm dating, I'm actually conscious of the things that I post because I'm wondering, you know, is he going to read it and think I'm talking about him? Because I've had these kind of, you know, experiences where my partner's like, were well, you talking about me? Or are you talking about the fight we had the last time? And all of that. So it's funny that you talk about, you know, your partner. And everybody in Ghana thinks that, you know, you're this 30-something-year-old woman who is, you know, lonely and alone <laughs> because you're not married. So I'm so glad we're having this conversation <laughs> so we can dispel that myth. Like, what has it been like dating and living in Accra, like let me just tell you straight off the back that dating in Accra, at least personally, is just it's crazy. It's, I mean, it was not great when I was not a celebrity, and it's even worse now that I am. I mean, you meet a Ghanaian guy, it's like I love you. It is like it's this idea of it's, it's his idea of asking you out. But then in that crazy pool, you know, I have met amazing people, but I'm not going to lie that it's, it's such a small pool of them. 
um, that it becomes very difficult to navigate. I find myself dating a lot of people from my past, <laughs> from my past, um, but, you know, old school loves um, because there are people, you know, when you become a public figure um, and you meet people, you, you can't always trust their intentions. You're always on the edge because you just never know. But, you know, I find that a lot of people from my past know me, know Lydia, pre, you know, celebrity. So it's, it's, it can be very easy and, and chilled. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, it can be. I mean, I've, I've never gone back to anybody in my past, but it's, I could. I mean, I was going yeah, to no. ask. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was definitely going to ask. I mean, you've been married for so long. Yeah, I've been married 18 years. Oh, my goodness. Tell me, what has that been like? I've always wanted to ask, like, for you, and of course, times have changed, but did you always know you wanted to get married or you feel like it was just the next step, the next mm -hmm. thing? Um, or what was expected of you as a woman? You know, this is a difficult question to answer because it requires so much honesty, right? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but that's why we're here. We're here to be honest. I, I always knew that I would have to get married at some point. I just felt like it was an obligation for me as, you know, an African woman, Ghanaian girl growing up that one mm. day, you know, you're expected to bring home a husband. Um, and the reason I knew this is because when I was younger, I wanted to adopt. So when my dad came to pick me up from school, um, the day I made this decision, I was so excited. Now, again, I'm like 12, maybe not even 13 years old. And I was like, daddy, I think mm. I want to adopt. And he's like, before you think about adopting somebody else's child, you need to get married and have your own children. I mean, and I was like, such a, I was expecting such that. Such a typical <laughs> Ghanaian answer. Like, I was like, oh, so like he didn't even interrogate why, why do you feel this way? You know, why at such a young age, are you even thinking about, you know, adoption? Why is this important to you? It's like, you know, no, you have to carry on this lineage. <laughs> the lineage is what's important. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, it wasn't something I was necessarily excited about. I never dreamed of my wedding day. I wasn't like one of those girls who was like, oh, this is what my dress is going to look like. Um, but yeah, it's not something I fantasized about. I just, it was on my, my to-do list? For me, I wanted to get married very early um, for the sole purpose of having sex. <laughs> Legalized sex. <laughs> Legalized sex. And I dreamt of my wedding day, what I was going to wear, how I was going to be, you know. So every guy um, I would meet, it was, I love you, you know, um, when are we getting married, <laughs> Right. It was only into, you know, my 20s, late 20s that, you know, the, the transition is went from what I wanted to feeling like it was something I have to do to now I realize it's all on me and what I want to do. Hmm. Right. So we're living in a world where, you know, we're slowly inching towards gender parity. And, you know, some people think that the roles are being reversed, that women are just trying to be dominant. Mm. Do you think that men are being socialized to date modern women? Yeah, I mean, I remember having a conversation with my dad several years ago, uh, telling him how, you know, it's great that he was such an encouraging father. You know, I grew up, you know, being encouraged to be independent, you know my world, my rules. Um, but I asked him, what, what did you do to create a place for a woman like me in this world? Mm. Cause the reality is whilst 
I can be anything that I, I want to be. I don't think a lot of men have been socialized for the women that we are raising. And when you are an influential woman, um, you have certain resources and you're dating men who don't have as much as you. It is a lot of times very difficult for the man because he's been socialized to have more than the woman. Mm. He's been socialized to be the provider. So if you have more money than him, he does not know how to navigate that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I have found myself as educated and advanced as I am, a lot of times hiding my strengths, hiding my achievements, hiding how much I have because I don't want to embarrass my partner. Hmm. I've met great guys who don't have as much and I don't mind, but I realize evidently they have a problem with it. Hmm. And no matter how woke, how progressive they are, eventually they succumb to the idea that, yeah, they should have more than me. And in every argument, oh, you think you have more money than me. I've not said that. You think I have more <laughs> This is money. your hang-up. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But it's a sad reality that as we are encouraging young girls to go out there and be boss chicks, boss ladies, make all their money, and raising um, young girls for a world that, you know, treats them equally, mm. we are not raising young boys to be accepting of women who are equal to them or in some cases have more than them. But I have to ask, you know, listening to, you know, your marriage and your household, and I know your dynamics are very different from a lot of, you know, traditional stories we've heard about, you know, being married. What would you say is the one myth about being married? And there's this idea of what a marriage, you know, should look Mm. like. So what were your expectations of getting married? And as you have been married for so long, what would you say is the one myth about, you know, being married? Ooh, okay, this is a tough one. Um, okay, so my expectations going into my marriage, I expected it to be a continuation of our, our dating life, which was always based on you know, mutual respect and equality. Um, and I didn't expect patriarchy <laughs> to to rear its head <laughs> in my marriage the way it did. I'm like, for me, it was a shock because, you know, we had gone to university together and, you know, there was always a sense of equality in the dynamics of our relationship that suddenly, okay, now we're married and it's like, boof, that's all gone. And honestly, I was like, if I knew this was going to happen, I absolutely would have refused the marriage proposal. So I remember, you know, one night we were, I can't even remember what we were discussing, arguing, whatever it was. Um, But I remember he said, you know, if we cannot come to an agreement, I, as the man, am the head of the household. And whatever my views are on this subject will have to stand if we cannot agree. And I just sat there and looked at him like he was a fish walking on land with two heads. I was like, no, this Negro did not. And I'm like, I graduated summa cum laude. You graduated by the grace of God. I'm like, (laughs) I am older. I've been walking this earth six months older, longer than you have. I'm like, I'm like, why should your opinion or your view, just because you've got, you know, a certain set of genitalia between your legs, Trump 
my views on the matter. So yeah, I, that was difficult to, to navigate. I'm like, no, that's not going to work at all. Maybe it's just not going to work. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I was mad at him for weeks over that. He didn't understand why, because, you know, that was that was the way he was brought up. That was the teaching yep. in our church. Like that that was it. And I was like, yeah, no. The man is the head of the house. Nonsense. Um, <laughs> I think that the the biggest myth about marriage is that um, the person that you marry is your soulmate. Mm. Right. I, I think that we have romanticized marriage to our detriment. My my husband is not my soulmate, and he knows this. Like, and it's fine. My, my no, my sister wow. is my soulmate. It's because I mean, like, on a spiritual level, we have a connection with with one another that I don't have with my husband. I love him dearly. I will do anything for him. I will sacrifice any. I have sacrificed a lot for him, but you know, then like the people are like, oh my gosh. Within six months of their spouse dying, they also died. I'm like, I know I'll be fine. But if my sister dies, I'm jumping in the grave with her. Because she's like the one person on this earth that I know that I cannot continue to... Outside of you, Lydia. Outside of you. I mean, I'm just sitting here going like... Um, you're a close You're a close second. You're a close second. I'm like, she's going to be fine when I go? She's going to be fine when I go. I won't be fine. It will be ashes and sackcloth. I won't make it. I won't make it. But yeah, I think that, you know, we've, we've romanticized this idea that this per and that's why it's, you know, so it's supposed to be so devastating when a marriage ends because it's like, oh my God, that was your soulmate. And now half of your soul is floating someplace else. It's like, nah, not necessarily. But we, do you think that the idea of marriage like soulmates has been romanticized to be this thing? Mm -hmm. that, you know, everybody has to meet for, you know, this heavy love and, you know, this, you know, we see the YouTube and the Instagram videos and they're crying tears and all of these things. <laughs> um, like what is, what is, what is marriage? It sounds like a exam question, but really what is marriage? I think for me, it is, it's it's an aspiration that you have of a life that you you want to leave and with a partner or multiple partners to achieve a certain goal. Now you determine what that goal is. If the goal is to have children, if the goal is to I don't know, build a, a legacy between two two people. Like some people just can't have kids or don't want to have kids. If the goal is just to walk this earth with one person who understands you. Um, and, and do that for, you know, however long that you, that you're able to do that on this earth. Um, I don't know, like for me, marriage has provided a, a level of, of security. It's nice knowing that I will come home to the same person. Um, and even though we have the same conversations, cause my husband is repetitive as a mug, <laughs> you know, there's a certain level of, of comfort in that. But yeah, it's 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 the more I think about marriage, the more difficult it is to define because it's always been presented as this one thing. You wear a white dress, you go and stand in front of a pastor, he marries you. Um, but it's it's like a cake. You turn it into whatever you want to and it works. Mm. That's very powerful. I didn't know we were going to go there, but I love that we did. I love that we went there. Yeah. So that being said, you're actually bringing me to a question that I've had. It's like, how often do people badger you about marriage and how have you avoided succumbing to that kind of pressure? Because you know Ghana is pressure. 
I mean, when it comes to the pressure, I think it's, if I can make it through the day without anyone using marriage to <laughs> abuse me, married and children to abuse me, then I've had a good day. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is this didn't even start in my 30s. This started well in my 20s. I remember my first interview, you know, as a um, public figure. And it was also, when are you getting married? And I was like, I, 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 I don't even have a guy yet. Like, why are we asking this question? And so it has never stopped. And I'm not going to sit here and say it doesn't get to me. It does because like one time, right, I, I won an award and um, I called a family member to, to share with them, you know, and then someone next to them said, oh, congratulations on your award. So hopefully next time, you know, you'll be getting married. And it hurt me because it seems everything else I do is meaningless without a marriage. Mm. So I could be busting my, my ass, you know, working hard. I've achieved all of these things. I've traveled around the world and someone would take one look at me and say, I am not enough. And whenever they, they say that, why that hurts is because I think of my journey. Hmm. I think of all I've had to do. I think of all the tears, the sleepless nights, the times I've been broke. I think of all the hard work I've put in and it's, it's erased. Mm -hmm. That is the part that hurts. And don't think for a second people don't ask me out. Mm -hmm. Don't think for a second I don't have options. It has been my choice because I have not found what I am looking for. Mm -hmm. But what has prevented me from succumbing to all of these things is because that will be pleasing a whole bunch of people who don't have to go to bed with me at night is I want to be able to live with the decision that I make. I want to be happy with who I am. Mm -hmm. That is the only reason, not because I'm the strongest, not because I'm the smartest, not because I'm this tough person who does not care. I want to be able to live with whatever decision that I make. Authentically, yeah. We're going to slip into the, the juiciness now. You and I have spent a lot of time talking about marriage, and I've been married for 18 years. But what I really want to know is, as a single woman, has somebody ever, you know, made a freaky proposition to you that just made you pause? I have the perfect answer for you. When I was like 17, 18, I met this guy, this, this white guy online, uh, we became friends instantly, but it came with conditions. Mm. So he told me that, so, you know, I'm a white guy. Um, so I know I will not be able to satisfy you like a black guy would. Mm -mm. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what he'd been reading or what. He, so, and I was, I was, of course, young, naive. I was like, no, that, why would you even say that? Um, <laughs> and he said, if we get married, um, you're allowed to date other black men. Bro. Right? So initially, that sounded like, that's fantastic. I get to eat my cake and have it. See, men have this idea that they are the only ones who, who may want options. Right? Um, 
But I thought it was so fun and it didn't stop there. Um, she said, in addition to dating whatever black guy I want to date, when we would have sex, you'd have to watch. I am not kidding you. You know what? I know you're not kidding me because I met a woman in Kenya whose boyfriend is also white who actually gets her ready. He's like, oh, you've met somebody? He helps her get dressed to go and date other men. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like bizarre to me. Like so bizarre. And at that age, I'm like, the idea of marriage is like, you're supposed to be my right? husband. You're supposed to be. It's me and you against the world. You know, why would you want me? But I also knew that that was just not me ultimately. But I kind of feel, you know, I don't know, like cute that someone <laughs> actually thought of me and said, I want to marry you and you can do what you want. It makes me feel like such a badass, like without even doing anything for him. See, this just proves something somebody said online, right? They said that men spend a disproportionate amount of time thinking about other men's penises. And I'm like... They do. You know what? It's true. They do. It's true. They do. From the locker room to like to this. And I'm like... Because like, how do you assume that even the, the black man I would bring in would be, you know, better than you? But right. he has probably gone through his whole life assuming that black man i mean no shout out to black <laughs> men but not all of you <laughs> not all of you most of y'all <laughs> most of y'all but i would like to ask you as a married woman if you have been attracted to someone um outside of your marriage if it's normal and how you have you know navigated that if it's too difficult you can let me know <laughs> it's not difficult i can answer with honesty um, I think it will help other okay. other people out there who are suffering with this um, or contemplating this. <laughs> yeah, suffering, <laughs> suffering with their thoughts. <laughs> because, because there is an assumption that women are just one track and yeah. that's it. Um, yeah, I mean, I guarantee you that the majority of women have found other men attractive as they are married. Like, I mean, people are walking out here hot like they just are. Mm -hmm. And I, I see them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I want to give up everything, my 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 home, my kids, my husband, and go be with this person just because they're cute. Mm. Um, and I think that's the difference between, you know, I guess men and women. Like, men are like, okay, she's a, she's beautiful. I must sleep with her. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, you don't have to do that, bro. You can acknowledge that she's a beautiful woman and, and not, you know, go take your pants off. So, yeah. Yeah, for most men, I've realized in my own experience that, once they find you beautiful and attractive, right. there's an assumption that it cannot just be there. I have to have you. That is it. Yeah. Okay, Lydia, we're asking everyone to share a sexy secret. Do you have one? I have done some dark shit in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, sexy secrets. I mean, I would not even, I have, I have a whole bunch of secrets. I don't think the world is ready to hear. Um, but I think one thing I have, and I'm sure you can relate, um, being a, a bigger girl, that I find myself really attracted to me, to myself, right? Okay. The older I get, um, 
And it's in the rawness. Um, I, I don't know how to put it in, in words, but if you've grown up a certain weight your whole life, I, I find that there are days when I look at myself and in its rawness, I'm talking about folds, um, stretch marks there and there, it's, I'm turned on by mm. me. This is, this is a real body, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I really be looking at myself and saying, damn, <laughs> I wouldn't, I, I can't believe I just said this, but really, that's how I'm feeling. Like, ooh, god damn. <laughs> so, um, that's my sexy secret. <laughs> secret. Um, I don't know what, what the, the, the word is for anybody who's turned on by themselves. <laughs> Is there, I don't know if they've discovered it yet. I think it's narcissist, my darling. I'm joking, I'm joking. Don't hate me because I'm me. Because you're you and you're beautiful. That is a great answer. Mine is I like being rimmed. Yeah. I didn't think I would, but I do. <laughs> there are things. <laughs> there are things you discover. I, you know, I love getting older because I can say these things now because I pay my you own pay bills. You pay your own bills. If I were living in my father's house. (laughs) If we were living in our father's houses, we couldn't say these things. But we're grown. We can say these things. We can admit them freely. I'm so happy I got a chance to spend the afternoon with Lydia. She's funny. She's inquisitive. And I hope that people took inspiration from our conversation and just knowing that there are many ways to love. And there are many people that you can invite into a relationship, but Nana, you, you should know that you're top. You can never be replaced. Thank you. I am glad my position reigns supreme. It is secure. Don't worry. Nobody's coming for your spot. <laughs> <laughs> they can. So folks, I hope you had a great time. See you next week. And in the meantime, you go have that special conversation with your girlfriend, whoever <laughs> she is. Make her make her know that she is secure, right? Yeah, let her know that she's safe. No, no, you're safe, okay. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, see you next week. And remember to keep coming. <laughs> yes, so like, got cool and then I keep am going coming. to say keep coming. <laughs> <laughs>